So Shane, the Islanders uh, take the ice tonight against Calgary and then some big games coming up against Toronto and Washington. And you know what? What? They have the same exact lineup that they had before. Not necessarily true. And we are back here, Secondary Assist Podcast, Shane Blackburn, Andy Graziano. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at sblackburn26. He's at... Or don't. Or don't. He's at <laughs> Andy Graz underscore WFAN. The podcast is at Secondary Pod. Uh, and just for people who don't know, I'm Andy and you're Shane. He's Andy. I'm Shane. Right. And that's it for the Secondary Assist Podcast. Thank you guys. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they, they don't have... Some people are probably, some people are probably like, oh, great. That's awesome. Good show, guys. Best show you've ever done. And you know what? It probably is. The, it probably would be the best show we've ever done. <laughs> I didn't have a chance to piss anybody off. It's probably the best show we've ever done. But I will say, we'll do, we'll do that tonight. You're though. not entirely correct in your in your cold open I statement. Know, I know. Because the Islanders get a <laughs> and huge, they, they acquired Andrew huge addition at the trade deadline in Thomas Hickey. See what I did there? Because he's about our height. Huge. I did you see like that. that? Which, by the I way, like it. I heard it. Thomas Hickey is listed at six feet. Absolutely not. I think I just shocked Andy to death. No, I'm good. I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, you, uh, I don't know. Do you dis- do you disagree with me? Do you think he he is six foot? No, I don't. What were you listed at? I've stood, I've stood, I've stood next to him. What What were you uh, listed at? I was listed at. Oh, jeez! <laughs> My goodness, is there even? Does it the uh, measurement even go that low in metric <laughs> units? I don't. Know. Um, I was maybe at my prime, maybe five, six and a half at my prime, and now that I'm since the beginning and I'm aging, I'm actually shrinking. Okay, so. put it this way: I'm five seven and three quarters, so of course I steal that extra quarter inch and tell everybody I'm yeah, five of eight. You do. Yeah. But but you're not. I was five ten on our roster, and I weighed about. I did legitimately weigh about one eighty five of like pretty solid muscle when I was playing hockey. And I absolutely weighed like, I think I was like two Oh five on the roster. I was five ten two Oh five. When I was in eighth grade, I was good enough to make uh, a JV, a high school JV team in eighth grade. <clears throat> um, it was a school, Monsignor Farrell, for those who live in Staten Island and know schools, um, was wooing me to go there. And back then the rules were a lot looser Shane than they are today, as we all know. Um, I mean, it's it's in terms it's nice of when, when you can your AD is also on the league's board of directors, right? Well, that's nice too. But I was um, I was fortunate enough to make Farrell's JV team in eighth grade, and I was so tiny that my father had to hem my jersey. <laughs> he had to hem my jersey because it did it wasn't even a small was too big and. At that time, I was maybe, I don't know, 5'4", 110 pounds soaking oh, wet. Oh, little Andy. Um, I was really good, though, because I used that size and that speed to my advantage, and I was, you know, I, that's, that, that was my big if weapon. If they can't catch um, you, they can't hit you. Well, that's the thing, right? And But, you know, eventually it does catch up to you. I took my hits in my time, some <laughs> really hard ones that were bone-jarring. That explain but, a lot. 
Yeah, it does. Explains why I'm concussed all the time, <laughs> or seemingly concussed all the time. Um, but yeah, Thomas Hickey is not is not six foot. He's just not. All right. Well, l- let's let's get into the real meat and potatoes here. The trade deadline passed yesterday. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, which you probably are, because it's not going to be released until Wednesday morning, two days ago. Uh, on Monday was the NHL trade deadline. There was speculation and rumor and thought that the Islanders would for once make a move at the deadline and they did not. Uh, The Islanders stand pat. They do get Thomas Hickey and Andrew Ladd back from injured reserve. I know not what Islander fans want to hear, but it is a roster transaction that we will bring up. But the Islanders do indeed stand pat. They're going into the home stretch and into the playoffs with the roster that they started the season with a um, couple of things I would like to get into about the trade deadline. First thing I want to start with, was the lack of movement planned or do you think Lou tried to make a move and either struck out or balked at the last minute? I know that Lou tried to make a move. Um, I had said earlier in the day at around noontime and people, some people you know, the, the, the young millennial crowd chastised me for not being witty enough, but I guess they... Some of them have trouble reading as well. But around noontime, I had said that, you know, you you get the feeling based on what I was hearing at that time that the Islanders are either going to make a big, big splash do, or do totally nothing. They weren't going to do my last. Right. So I time out my last and my and my and my last comment was was I don't if if there's a if there's a middle if there's a middle move there, I don't see it. So people read that like, oh, oh, yeah, great analysis. They're going to either make a trade, not make a trade, or do something minor. No, that's not what I said. Right. I said they're either going to go big or do nothing. I don't see a middle move. So I read that, right? I read your tweet, and I'm not going to lie. I read it, and I said, right, that makes sense. Like, I understand what you're saying. They're either going to make a huge splash and land stone, or they're going to do nothing. I probably could have left the last part out for clarity. No, I think think the last part... I think if you didn't put the last part, it would have been even worse. I read it. (laughs) I read it, and I understood it perfectly. Like, I read that tweet, and I said, all right, so they're either going to land stone or land nobody. They're not going to do, like, the mojo. I I never saw them doing a Johansson. Exactly. I I never saw that. So I read your tweet, and I was like, I totally get what you're saying. And then I saw the subtweets and the responses, and I was like, holy crap. People don't know how to. There's no reading comprehension. They don't. They just don't get it. They see what they want to see. Yeah, exactly. I did almost tweet you. I did almost tweet great analysis just to be an idiot. You should have. Why not? But I I take all that stuff with a grain of salt. That stuff. I was having me. way too much fun, stoking the fire. See, I said it right this time. Stoking, <laughs> stoking the flames and fanning the flames. You could say true. Too. And uh, and tweeting out that we are halfway to my best case scenario, which we'll get into a little bit later in the show. But I know that Lou. Look, look. I'll put it to you this way. I don't. I. I they. They were never players for Johansson as I said I didn't think that there was a middle move there to make um, if you bring in a guy like Johansson you're taking out a guy who for 60 games has contributed to your team being in first place like Val Filpula Anthony Bovillier, guys like that Leo Komarov who as much as fans gripe is not going to come out of the lineup um, he I don't I, I didn't hear anything on Mike Hoffman all day and that shocked me because I think what happened was the Islanders were in so hard and heavy on Mark Stone, and they were, believe me, they were, that that went right down to around 2.15 when Stone uh, and 
when Ottawa and Vegas agreed on the parameters of a deal and allowed Vegas to negotiate a contract extension with the forward. Um, I think that took so much out of the day that there wasn't even enough time to turn for Lamarillo to circle Hoffman. back to Hoffman, um, who I thought actually might have been the better play, as much as I love Mark Stone. In terms of cost, I think Hoffman would have been a really nice get. Um, but the cost for Stone was huge and heavy. Um, it was, you know, Beauvillier. It was, I, I was hearing whispers from more than one person that it might have even been like Beauvillier, Bellows, a first, and maybe even a conditional second thrown into that as well. And that's a lot. Even even if you don't go with the conditional, that's a lot. And then uh, they weren't going to come close to what Stone got in Vegas, which was an eight-year extension at $9.5 in a state that has no state income tax. Right. Um, the Islanders would have had to offer like eleven to match that, so, <laughs> or twelve, so me, and that wasn't. Happening. Let me say this: I am very, I'm disappointed that the Islanders didn't improve the top six. That's literally and Panarin and Panarin was never on right. the block. Especially, you knew that the minute Columbus made all the moves they made, you knew they were trying to win this year. There was no way they were going to trade Panarin. And they have to because if they don't, they're screwed. Unless you blew Columbus out of the water with an offer, there was no Correct. way they were trading Panarin. Correct, but. Correct. Especially the Panarin. team, P- Panarin, sorry, especially the team that they're trying to catch in the standings. It wasn't happening. Correct. But Correct. I am disappointed the top six didn't improve because that is literally the only part of this team I see as lacking. Goaltending is playing fantastic. Defense is playing great. Say what you want about Thomas Hickey, but you now have seven NHL quality defensemen you can rotate in and out of the lineup, not including Lucas Spiza anymore. You have seven Here's legitimate the- defensemen. The only spot of this team that is lacking is a pure goal scorer in the top six, which is what Mark Stone would have been. But I absolutely... No, no, Mark Stone is not a pure goal scorer. But he... Artemi, Pan- Artemi Panarin, yes, but that wasn't happening. to me, is a sniper. Mark Stone is not a but, sniper. Mark Stone is a terrific two-way hockey player. But he would have filled that um, role, and he would have increased the efficiency of the top six for this team. I absolutely was not paying anywhere near that price for Mark Stone. Trade-wise, yes. If the Islanders could have made that the the Beauvillier first round bellows even with the conditional trade, I'm a hundred percent okay with making that trade at this point. I'm not okay. Right, roster player for roster player, it's really it's really Beauvillier for stuff. And I'm I'm okay taking the chance on sending <clears throat> bellows, and I'm okay with the first round pick. I, I absolutely. Agree. Would not, if they could have extended him, but I wouldn't have wanted to extend him at nine and a half million over eight years. Plus, like you said, you would have had to increase that because of tax, because Vegas gets no no state tax. But at the same time, and let me just play devil's advocate here for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm playing devil's advocate against <clears throat> the fans and taking your side on this, Andy. I'm not against. I'm the not. Fans. No, don't put no, that no, 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 no. But what what I mean is, <laughs> uh, my devil's advocate supports your point, so I'm not playing devil's advocate towards you. But playing devil's advocate, who's to say Stone wanted to re-sign here anyway? Absolutely that might have been correct. a non-starter from the get-go. Absolutely correct. Which You're absolutely right. Uh, which, quite frankly, we will never know that. So it's, it's a little foolish for me to say that because we'll never know, but it's also foolish to take the other side and say, oh, we could have signed Stone. We do not know. He didn't get Gustav Nyquist. Why? Because Gustav Nyquist wanted to go to San Jose. That's what a no-trade clause does. Now, it's not that Stone 
Um, you know, Gustav Nyquist want he's he's buddies with Eric Carlson. He wanted to go play with EK before he becomes a free agent, and that's why we didn't get him. So you're correct in saying that's perfect analysis. You know, there's no there's no saying whether Mark Stone would have. You know, I'll go back to this and I'll say this another billion times. Um, everyone's excited about Belmont. I'm excited about Belmont. I think it's terrific for the team and the fans, and it's what the fans and the team deserve finally. But there's not a shovel in the ground yet. And until there's a shovel in the ground, there's no 100% certainty there. I don't care what anybody tells me. Um, that's just the pessimism in me, maybe. But at the end of the day, that there's no shovel in the ground at Belmont. And the team is still playing at, until, until anything further is announced, they're still playing at two freaking arenas. That cannot help players wanting to come over here. It just can't. I know it wouldn't for me. And I'm not even, a, I'm not even at that level. Well... Here's here's my thing. Money sometimes is not everything. I understand why Lamarillo didn't want to go for a pure rental, but my my biggest fault on the Islanders front office for this past Monday is not recognizing that Stone wasn't going to happen sooner. And being able to bail out and make your plan B move of of, of I Hoffman, I feel like I you, agree one hundred percent. I'm not, I'm not mad they didn't get Stone after seeing the way Stone went down. What I'm upset about is that you didn't recognize that sooner, bail and go to Florida and say, okay, what's Hoffman going to take? I agree. I totally agree. So, because even 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 Bovillier, even even any deal involving roster player for roster player, but Bovillier for Hoffman is a fine deal by me. I think would have been a I think would have been a win for the Islanders. Right. So if you're now Hoffman does come though, and you you know how the Islanders are with this chain, and you know how Lou is about this in terms of off Hoffman does come with some off ice concerns regarding his wife. Um, yeah, but I hate I I hate to bring that up, but it is there. It is you know there's no. It's always going to be three sides to that story. I'm right? I'm less what, concerned what the, about that this late into a season trying to make a push deep into the playoffs. But he was signed for next year too, so he he wouldn't have been a that's, you know, he would have that's been, fine. But who you know. knows if she even comes here at this point? Fair. She might stay in Florida through the through the end of this season. There's only Fair. 21 games left for the Islanders, and then the push into the playoffs. But what's to say she even comes up here? We don't know the whole story and probably never will. And there's only one more year left on the contract. So to me, that was a complete non-issue. Normally, I'm the first one to to say, yeah, he has off-ice baggage. But to me, the situation the Islanders are in this season, the off-ice Mike Kaufman issues were a complete non, non-issue for me, a non-factor in trading for him. So if you're mad at the Islanders' front office, don't be mad that they didn't pony up the money for for Mark Stone. Be mad that they didn't recognize that sooner and shift to Mike Hoffman. And you know they have to realize that <clears throat> five on five, the first five on five. There's a line tonight of your best player, Matt Barzal, skating with Leo Komarov and Andrew Ladd. Enough said. I don't know whether I don't know what the hell that is. I don't know whether that's punishment for Barzal. He hasn't had a great season. Yes, the numbers are there, but. All, all in all indicators um, that are coming out ad, ad, advanced especially are are not showing that he's had and that's fine he's still the Islanders best most dynamic offensive player by leaps and bounds you can't have him playing with Kamarov and Ladd I'm sorry you just can't you just you just can't 
Your best player cannot be playing with those two guys. I'm sorry. Which part of me wishes they would... Part of me wishes... I'm going to I'm gonna hate saying this, and we'll get into this more later in the show, but I wish they would give Hosang one last shot. Yeah, I don't think... I don't know if that's I don't think it's going to happen, but either him or Dal Cole... I understand I Dal Cole was less than <coughs> less than flattering in that position when given the opportunity. Yep. But with Lad there now, I think that line has a different dynamic. And I would love to see one of the young kids get a legitimate opportunity again down the stretch of the season. I, I don't want to get too much into the Hosang situation, but I I would knowing that your best player is playing with Leo Komarov, I do wish Dal Cole would get another crack at the lineup, at least Dal Cole, if not Ho Sang. Let's continue with the trade deadline though. Uh I was never really high on Wayne Simmons. I I think he would have nah. been My I problem with it. Wayne Simmons is They're slow enough. The Islanders are slow and enough. He d- he's not your top six help, so to me there was no reason to make the move. I was surprised at the lack of first round picks that went. Yeah, I was shocked at that, um, and I was shocked. And when you look at it, at the end of the day, a couple of the teams that the Islanders are fighting with in the in the in the conference, the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are the best team on the planet, the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, those teams, the Calgary Flames, who the Islanders are playing tonight, who were in the West, um, those three teams didn't make any moves. Um, Boston picked up Johansson and Coyle. I'm not sure how that's going to help them five on five in terms of offense, although I do like Charlie Coyle. He's a sandpaper-type guy to play against, but I think it makes Boston a lot tougher to beat in a one nothing 2-1 game, but I don't know if it helps them score 5-on-5, five five, which is where they're having a ton of trouble this year. Um, so let's face it, the teams outside of outside of Columbus, the teams the Islanders are battling with, did they really improve by that much or at all? The- I mean, For me, the clear winners of the trade deadline, the clear immediate winners of the trade deadline are the Columbus Blue Jackets. But if everybody walks, oh my God, they are in trouble. They're screwed. They're so screwed. They have no draft picks until 2030. But they <laughs> should absolutely make a deep run in these playoffs with the team they, they traded they for. Could draft, they could draft via conference call. Yeah. They don't even have to go. But the team that they're icing right now, they absolutely should be a factor late into the playoffs. Then that's what they went for. They went for win now. They sacrificed win a lot of year. their future for win right now. Because I'll tell you, out of the guys they got, I could see them re-signing Duchesne and Dezingle. I could see Panarin and Bobrovsky still walking, and McQuaid all walking. I see. To me, to um, me, I don't McQuaid know if walking that puts... is a non-factor. That's whatever. Yeah, but it is what it is. I I, I don't think I don't think. I think losing Panarin and Bobrovsky for them is going to be huge. You saw that. They went out and got Keith Kincaid in advance of Bobrovsky walking in July. Um, I, don't, I don't like their team without Panarin and Bobrovsky on it. I really don't. You know, I, I really don't. And I still, I still um, think the Islanders make a real run at Panarin for... Panarin's going to cost $11 million, and it could come down to a bidding war between... This, this would be unbelievable, but it could come down to a bidding war between the Islanders and the Rangers. That would be crazy. Both teams have the cap space. He wants to play on the East Coast. He's always liked New York as a destination. Um, that would be that would be something. 
Uh, and then, like you said, they were, the Islanders were never in on Marcus Johansson. Um, I don't know where he fits this season. Just because, as you can say whatever you want, Phil Pila has filled his role perfectly fine, and that's just where... Now, for me, it was either Stone or Hoffman yeah. or nobody. Or Stone, Panarin, Hoffman or nobody. In my opinion. Um, and it was nobody. So, we move on. Again, and I just want to wrap up by saying I am disappointed that we didn't improve the top six. I'm not dis- I'm not mad we didn't get Stone. I'm rehashing what I said. I'm not mad we didn't get Stone. I'm mad we didn't realize that fast enough to get Hoffman. Yep. yep. That's my issue with the trade deadline. My issue is not that we didn't get Stone. It's that we didn't shift gears and get Hoffman. Yep. Uh, but now we look at the Islanders lineup as it is. Thomas Hickey and Andrew Ladd come back from injury. Uh, for me, the defense is absolutely fine. I have no issue with Hickey coming in for Mayfield tonight. Uh, I, I think rotating seven NHL quality defensemen is going to be it's an health, absolutely good, fine yeah. way for the Islanders to go through the rest of the season, keep people healthy for the I playoffs. Um, I know Trotz I said agree. that Hickey for Mayfield was a role thing. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Uh, I'd be okay if Pellick sat more often than not, although he has improved as of late. Uh, also, a defensive pairing of Ryan Pollock and Thomas Hickey scares me. <laughs> I think Pollock has been fantastic all season, but something about that pairing scares me. Scares me more than Taves and Hickey playing together. Well, Thomas Hickey's the muscle, right? He's How the terrifying is that? Six, six, six foot three, two fifteen. <laughs> he's he's clearly the muscle. Uh, Lad coming back in can be a help. I don't love. I still don't love Barzell's line of <coughs> Barzell, no. Lad, and Komarov. Um, I think Lad gets a bad rap because he's been hurt so often and hasn't contributed at the pace that his contract says he should. Um, at all, I do think he has the potential down the stretch to really, and I said this last week, I think he has the chance to endear himself to Islander fans. I'm not looking him at, at him as a savior. I'm not saying that fans should look at Ladd and say, oh, look, this is our acquisition. We're fine because that's not what it is. But I do think if Andrew Ladd stays healthy through the next 21 games, he does have a chance to endear himself to the New York Islanders faithful. Okay, fair enough. I I I I generally agree with that. I'm gonna I'm not gonna hold my breath though. Man, Johnny Gaudreau is so freaking good. I'm not watching. I don't have the, I don't my have a TV goodness. in my room, so I got to go downstairs to watch after the after we finish. He is so good. Um, no score. Seven minutes left in the first. All right. So if we look at the Islanders roster as it's set up, who should be playing with Matt Barzell? Since since the Islanders didn't go out and get the trade targets we would have liked to play with Matt Barzell. Who should be playing with him if you're the coach of this team? Eberly and Bailey. Are you willing to break up Eberly Nelson Lee? Yes. And who do you put there? Because hmm. I'd be okay hmm. with... I'd be okay with Philpula... Komarov, Beauvillier, but are you okay with Nelson, Lee, and Ladd? 
I think so. Okay. I personally like to see Dal Cole there, but that's for another Dal day. Dal Cole with Nelson and Lee? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that's for another day. I think... Uh, Who comes out of the lineup? Beauvillier? Yeah, I just... I don't think Beauvillier... Got a lot of potential. Young kid. You know, he's on, on pace to maybe score 20 goals again, but... That inconsistency, man, that uh, the, the, the stretch he's gone through is just absolutely brutal. And I think he could probably benefit from, uh, you know, getting a bird's eye view of the game for a little bit. I really do. I really, really do. Okay. I, again, I, I said it when we were still in the trade deadline part of the show. I would have loved to, I would love, sorry, to see Dal Cole back up on the island. I'd even love to see Hosang back up. I understand that's probably not going to happen, but I would love to see the infusion of talent at youth since there was no infusion of talent at the trade deadline. Uh, I think Dal Cole would be a good addition to this team. He's still playing well in Bridgeport. He obviously didn't excel while up here this season so far, but I do think he could be a difference maker. He wasn't given an opportunity to play with La- with Lee and Nelson, so I think that would be a, a an interesting opportunity and an interesting line combination to see him play with. And then you slide Everly down to Barzell and Bailey, uh, and then I guess you would go Lad, Filpula, Komarov. So that's something that I could see the Islanders doing. It doesn't drastically change the makeup of the team or the chemistry of the team. So quite frankly, I, I would be more than okay with that, seeing what the Islanders have right now. Look, we talked about it on last week's show, right? My column on WFAN and then Lou Lamarillo's follow-up comments to Andrew Gross of Newsday um, with not wanting to upset the chemistry of the team. That's clearly the direction that Lou went. Um, You know, Lou's history in the past has always been if he feels his team is close, he pulls the trigger. Um... He tried to pull the trigger, as we said before, on Stone. So he obviously feels the team is close, but at the same time, you know, doesn't feel that they're close enough and doesn't want to mortgage that future for the organizational upswing that they're on um, to trade guys like Noah Dobson and Oliver Wallstrom, uh, you know, guys of that ilk, right? Because let's face it, the defenseman that went to Ottawa in the Stone trade. 15th overall selection, ironically, used with the pick that the Islanders gave Vegas to not take anybody in the expansion draft, um, is terrific. He's very highly touted, very, you know, very, he's a top, top prospect, um, possibly a a top pairing defenseman. Um, But he's not rated any higher than Noah Dobson, to be completely honest with you. Um, I just think that, you know, Lou was not willing to put guys of that ilk um, into this season at this juncture. And I'm not sure that you can really argue with that at this point. Um, we've said it all along, you know. Are they really just one piece away? And I think you and I are both in agreement that we don't think they are. I've um, started to come around on that a little bit just out of how good they're playing defensively. Uh, I think let them ro- let but then but then in, in that scenario let them ride it out with the group they have. I I, and, I do think you know. a legitimate top six threat could have put this team over the top as a as a true Stanley Cup contender this season, which is why again 
I'm not mad the stone trade didn't happen after seeing the way it did. I'm mad they didn't go to plan B sooner. I'm mad they yep. didn't know to bail out of yep. the stone deal earlier and go for a Hoffman type player. There's not many and other maybe, people. Maybe he, maybe he did, but I didn't hear. It's funny how all I kept hearing all day was how hard and heavy they were in on Stone, and I didn't hear a whisper about Hoffman uh, outside of that they inquired about Mike Hoffman. And so that's what makes me quote unquote assume that they were so hot and heavy on Stone, and that didn't get resolved until so late. That there wasn't but enough time to circle back. That's around. the reason I'm upset they didn't yeah, transition sooner, it. is because I after after I said that about a month ago, and then watching the team over the past month, I do think a legitimate top six threat to play with Barzell puts this team over the top. Fair the goaltending is playing fantastic. The defense is playing fantastic. The only thing they're lacking is a legitimate top six threat to play with their best player. And I think yep. a legitimate threat in that slot would have put this team over the edge. Again, nine and a half, ten million dollars per for Mark Stone is too rich for my blood. But at that point, bail out and and go for a B option of Mike Hoffman. Or see, my problem is I don't know top six threat besides Stone and Hoffman who was really available. But knowing that the tree was shaken on Hoffman, I will go down from this trade deadline being disappointed that we didn't transition to the Hoffman trade and make that happen by the deadline. That's where I stand. Okay. We know that. I want to keep hammering that home because I was such such a, a, a... a mean person on Twitter during the deadline that I feel like I need to let fans know, like, yes, I think some of you are absolutely out of your minds, but I do agree. I wish they would have made a move. Um, all right, let's, let's transition to Thursday night. John Tavares comes back to the Coliseum. Um, cringeworthy video made its way to Twitter today, uh, which scares me for Thursday night. And, I am preparing for a, a a lack of respect for John Tavares that I'm afraid is going to cross the line. I understand being upset. Yes, I was not happy when he didn't resign and the way he didn't resign. I am concerned that a line could be crossed Thursday night that is going to make Islander fans look bad. Right, and for the argument that, oh, well, I don't believe in this crap that one bad apple spoils the bunch and that, you it know... Absolutely you, you make it absolutely does. It absolutely does in every single situation in life. <laughs> so, you, yes. You know what still if, gets brought up to me from hockey fans that I know? Mm. Alex Ovechkin getting pegged in the head with a beer at the Coliseum during the Washington Islanders playoff series. So, yes, Uh, one bad egg does spoil the bunch. Yeah, it's just – and, you know, that that game is going to be all over the place in in Canada, on TSN, all over hockey circles is going to be the return of John Tavares to Long Island. And – yeah. My concern is TSN is going to take any opportunity they have to oh, make absolutely. the Islander fans look bad absolutely. and run with them. 
And that that's why fans have to be mindful of not giving them any ammunition. And, you know, you could kind of say to yourself, well, who gives a crap what they think? And, and that's a fine. You, you could have that attitude if you want. Um, but again, it, it, it does when 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 you can blanket the fan base for the actions of 50, which is what's which is what, again, we just said is going to happen and does happen in every walk of life, in every situation. Um, that's where, yeah, I agree. You have to kind of hold your breath and, and hope that cooler, more mature heads prevail um, and that fans stick to, uh, you know, <clears throat> rightful expressions of displeasure, right? Um, logical expressions of displeasure um, as opposed to illogical. Um, but at this point, it's... <sighs> We just wait and see. But yeah, that video today was brutal. Absolutely brutal. I'm not sure who at News 12 thought that was a good idea. Um, but it really, really did not. It, it definitely was not a good look for the fan base. No. Just wasn't not. I don't care how you want to swing it and or sell it or say, well, I don't care what anybody else thinks. And I don't think that those six people speak for all of us. Well, they, it's not a good look. <laughs> As as bad of a look as the two arena situation is for free agents, that's not a good look either. Yeah, no, definitely not. It's it's <sighs> made him made him look childish yes. and petulant and whiny, and it just wasn't good. Wasn't good. So I I'm not gonna try and tell anybody how to act. I'm not going to try and tell no, you how you should feel, and I'm not, not going to try and tell you what you should do Thursday night. Not at all. I'm going to plead with you. Don't embarrass yourself. Think before you do something. Well, that's the problem, right? You invoke, you, you invoke, you know, one, two, or ten beers into the equation, and thinking goes out the window. Because that's what alcohol does. So, please, just don't embarrass yourself Thursday night. I get being angry, and I am 100% okay with booing, turning your back, ignoring the tribute video. Do what you want, but please don't embarrass yourself and cross any lines. And whatever you do, don't break any laws. Which, <laughs> by the way, real quick, Stape just tweeted, apparently... We potentially have a line switch for the rest of the night. Bo Filpula Komarov, which I'm assuming means Lad Barzell Bailey. That's what I'm seeing at this present moment. One eleven to go in the first period. No score. Five on five. That is the current line on the ice. Okay. So Lad Barzal and Bailey. Okay. So back. Please just don't break any laws. Don't get yourself arrested over someone who doesn't even know yes. you. Yes. Thank you. And if I'm John Tavares, I'm just going to put this out there. It, it this is this would be kind of like my personality if it if it was me. Um, I would just I would just absorb and play that role of villain, man. <laughs> That's what I would do. I mean, I don't. I know that he's not that type of guy to do that. But that's certainly what I would do. Um, by the way, I would soak that all in and just play the role of villain to a T. Uh, by the way, I would absolutely. I want to get into this tweet really quick before we wrap up and get out of here. Stape just tweets: Barzell goes down trying to get the puck out of his own end. Could have been a trip by Backlund, but refs just look on. Period. 
another example that Barzell is getting a bit of a rep among the refs. Yeah, that's we've known that for a little it bit. It is so uh, hard to shake a reputation like that. I know, I know. That I know that could be a major issue. One of the replies is that seems unfair. He's not a diver. It's not the fact that he's a diver. He is a diver. But it's not just the diving. A little bit. He chirps. He, it's the whining. He gets up and yeah. complains about every time he goes down. And, and then a couple of minutes prior to that, he got he got hit smashing. He's whining right now to Trotz about that missed call. Um, but, you know, apparently he got uh, he got smashed in the corner by Giordano, too. And Giordano gave him a little bit of the business with the glove to the face. And now Ryan Pollock is talking to the referee. Um so it seems like Barzal's got the whole team <laughs> chirping and, at the refs for him. He's trying to get Trotz involved. And I too. get it. He's young. He still has some maturing to do. It is very, very hard to shake a reputation like that uh, once you have it. Well, I'll tell you, Robin Leonard had an excellent first period. Uh, par for the course. Excellent first period. All right. Let's 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 wrap up with everybody's favorite segment. Uh, so what are you eating for dinner? <laughs> 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 uh, I don't know actually It's a good question I got home I didn't get home tonight till around 20 to 7 And we recorded at 7 So um, I actually haven't had time Maybe Chinese food Maybe Ooh. I love me some Chinese food Yeah me too I'm a big Chinese I actually have become Bigger of a Thai food fan See I've never I haven't Over tried Chinese the Thai food. <gasps> Yeah I know I got to oh, Shame We have a couple of uh, Really really good Thai restaurants Here in Middletown New Jersey And Kel and I go quite a bit, and uh, Thai food is better than Chinese food, in my opinion, because it's not as heavy. Oh, that's nice. It doesn't, like, you don't walk out of there with <clears throat> feeling like you have a brick in your stomach. doesn't stay with you all night. It, it, that, that as well. Um, but yeah, Thai food is just, it's much lighter. It's a little more flavorful in terms of the spices that they use. It is you absolutely it fantastic. It's so, so good. It is so, so I good. turkey um, barley soup. That sounds gross. And actually, I love beef barley soup. Um, so I love, I like beef barley soup. My as grandma well. made it with turkey this week, and it's actually fantastic. I was nervous so going if mommy, in. If mommy ain't cooking for you, grandma's cooking for you. Why don't you grow up, man? I, I, grow up. I have grown up, and I've learned that when other people cook <laughs> better than you, rely on them. How's Dana? Does Dana cook? Dana does cook. Um, I I normally try to help when Dana cooks until we get to Good. the point where she's like, Good. just get out of my damn way. Exactly. Yeah. Well, well, my 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 philosophy has always been to help to the point of screwing it yes. up. So then they have to tell you. To get I've out. learned two things growing up. One is the greatest answer in a man's repertoire is yes, dear. <laughs> and two screw up so bad the first time they ask you to do something that they won't ask you to do it again. Well, it's starting already, Shane, if I can just interrupt you for one quick second. Uh, Laura Albanese, who is terrific at what she does for Newsday, um, she's kind of like the jack-of-all-trades writer over there. Um, does great work for the Islanders when she's on the beat. Occasionally does great work for the Yankees in the summer um, and does some Mets stuff as well. She goes, I'm walking around Nassau Coliseum getting Tavares opinions, I'm assuming for a story. And I'm a be and I'ma be straight with you. I'm a little terrified. <laughs> it's I mean So it's starting already. I told you, just you, so I've heard rumblings that security at the Coliseum is legitimately 
more afraid of Islander fans fighting each other over fans that still respect him and fans that don't than they are of anything else. Oh, my God. Does that not speak volumes? My God. Yes. So please act responsibly. Boo to your heart's content. But please don't embarrass yourself. I, I will... I'm going to be home, so I'm going to do exactly what I did when they went to Toronto, and that's going to be hope that the Islanders win by, like, 15. <laughs> if I was there, yes, I would 95% boo Tavares. Now, if you're Mike Babcock, do you start Tavares? I absolutely start Tavares. Absolutely. I absolutely it, start get it out of Get it out of the way immediately. I absolutely start Tavares if I'm Mike Babcock. Yep. Um, But... If I'm the announcer at the Coliseum, I absolutely skip his name. Apparently, Adam McQuaid just went into concussion protocol in Columbus. Oh, jeez. So first, Zook yep. breaks his arm in Dallas. Yep. Which, down the line, it wasn't just Islander fans, so don't don't get twisted here. But down the line, I saw on Twitter from all hockey fans, people celebrating that. Are you out of your mind? Yeah, it's just stupidity. That's absolute stupidity to celebrate anybody getting injured. But how terrible is that for Dallas? You make this trade, you bring in a player who really yep. does make a difference on your team. That's that's a move I, I wish the Islanders could have pulled off also. I love Had a Zuc. great start, too. Rangers did well. Jeff Gordon did well. He did well in trading Zuccarillo and McQuaid and Hayes. And there's a chance, I think, that they re-sign Zuccarillo more so than Hayes in July, on July 1. So you could very well recoup, get the player yeah. back and keep the assets. Um, a roll this And then they're going to make a they're going to make a strong run at Panarin. They got a couple of good young kids in the system. Kravtsov, that Russian kid coming up. They just got to figure out what the hell to do with Lundqvist, right? I mean, it's it's if if you're going to go with Georgiev, and I think they have a kid in the KHL, Allah, who's putting up like Ily- Ilya Sorokin numbers. Um, but if you know you can't have an eight and a half million backup goalie on your books, um, so they have to figure out what the hell to do there. But I I, I think Jeff Gordon did a did a did a pretty fine job with uh, with you know kind of pushing the rebuild forward for them. I know as much as team you know as much as Islander fans don't want to hear that, but it's true. Whether they don't want to hear it or not. All right. Well, first period's over. Uh, I'm going to wrap up the show here i believe so i can get downstairs and watch the second period and then potentially the third if i don't fall asleep because i'm an old man uh but i haven't watched and i I watched the first two periods of the vancouver game but i couldn't make it to the third those late games just suck i don't care that it was a killers i don't care that it was a saturday night and i didn't have to get up on i can't do the late games they're too damn late Dana went to her friend's house. Um, they had a girls' night to talk about wedding stuff and look things up. And <laughs> so I was like, "All right, cool. I'll lay on the couch and watch the Islander game." And then the second period ended, and I texted Dana, and I was like, "By the way, let me know you got home safe because I'm going to bed. <laughs> I was like, I'm not gonna make it past the second period of this game. Love you. Bye. <laughs> nice, nice." I'm just too damn old. You are old, man. Yeah, you are old. Listen, but we'll see what happens going forward. I know people look half p half the people love the fact that they stayed put. Half people hate the fact that they stayed put. At the end of the day, it is what it is. This is what you got. 
team that got you here is what you have for the final 20 games. And um, every game is crucial going forward. You can look, I was looking at the East today, and nobody is nobody outside of Tampa Bay has anything locked. You know, I saw a tweet today. Well, the Islanders are only seven points out of not being in the playoffs. Well, so are Toronto. Right, Boston's eight points out of not being in the playoffs. So you could say that for almost all the East teams except for Tampa Bay. Um, it's really going to be a dogfight these final 20 games. The Islanders cannot afford any lapses. And this is a big week, obviously, with the game tonight against Calgary for the first place Flames and then Toronto coming in and then a rematch with the Capitals. Um, so I guess, you know, by the next time we record, we'll know a lot more than we do today. That's for sure. Um, by the way, I'm not a fan of the WWE. I know a lot of Islander fans are. Uh, I'm not I am a fan of memes, and I absolutely can't wait for the Bach God that's at Andrew Ladd's music memes when Andrew Ladd turns around and puts up like 15 points, 20 points in the last 21 games. <laughs> well, I hope that happens. I'm going to, again, I'm not going to hold my breath, though. By the way, it's crazy how similar Nashville and the Islanders are this season. I know. Both 79 points. Both absolutely suck on the power play. Both have menial goals for with a good goals against. Yep. It's kind of crazy. And to think, he could still be our coach. Yeah, right? I I liked Pete. Always have. Always will. Now, we're finally in a position where we have... Barry Trotz, who's doing a tremendous job with the Islanders, but Barry Trotz. it is really interesting how similar Nashville and the Islanders are this season. Yep, in terms of how they were built. Exactly. Too. In terms of how they play. Yep. All right, I think that does it here for the secondary assist podcast. Until next week, he's Andy Graziano. I'm Shane Blackburn, and let's go Islanders.